0: Choices you make for end-of-life care impact your entire family. Mountain Valley Hospice understands that. When my mother became ill, we counted on their in-home care and later their hospice home. Mama's caregivers became her friends. Their aftercare programs helped my father and me understand life going forward. It's a true blessing.
1: In-home care and two hospice homes to serve you. Contact Mountain Valley Hospice at mtnvalleyhospice.org
2: franchise players welcome back sports channel 8's ben swain how you doing,
0: man? I love that you guys are doing what
2: you're doing. I love that we're doing what our we are doing because the local sports fan is really underserved in, uh, in, in sports radio here in North Carolina. Being able to Monday morning after the New Carolina game, being able to listen to local guys talk about the local game. Franchise players every Friday afternoon at 5 p.m. on TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com and at 6 p.m. on WCOG 1320 AM and WTOB 988 blue naples pizzeria in kernersville is now hiring come work for one of the best italian restaurants in the triad currently hiring dishwashers cooks front cashiers and more great hours great pay give them a call at 336-993-7707 or stop by and inquire at 1519 union Cross Road in kernersville start working this week blue naples pizza For the best burger sliders in the triad, look no further than Twin City Mini's Food Truck. Here's where you can find Twin City Mini's Food Truck this week. Friday, November the 4th, you can find us at Jughead's Growlers and Pints from 5 to 9 p.m. Saturday, November the 5th, Brewer's Kettle in Curtisville from 5 to 9 p.m. Sunday, Fun Day, Angelo's Market Wiseman Brewing from 12 to 7 p.m. And Tuesday, November the 8th, at Joymonger's Barrel Hall from 5 to 9 p.m. Come see us, Twin City's Mini's Food Truck. Eat, drink, and love sliders. This is Lamella Ball, and you're listening to Tobacco Road.
3: Find your next car at Auto Store of North Carolina in Walkertown. Their goal is to make car shopping and car buying experience fast, friendly, and easy. They have helped hundreds of customers get behind the wheel of a newer, reliable, quality-used car, and they could help you, too. Stop by and speak with one of their sales professionals today and drive away with your new car. The Auto Store of North Carolina, 4964 Reedsville Road in Walkertown. Give them a call at 336-595-8550. And view the current inventory of vehicles at AutoStoreOfNC.com.
2: This is Lamella Ball, and you're listening to Tobacco Road Sports Radio
4: on WWBG 1470 AM, your home for Hornets basketball in the Triad. Like to have everybody's
0: attention for a moment.
4: There's a stat. I don't like bringing up stats, but there's one stat about the
2: Panthers. In the world, is James Harden better scorer than Michael Jordan? No, he's a more creative in that. Traveling is not creative, Brandon. You know, no matter what the score is, and they've said themselves whether they're up ten, down ten, down twenty, whatever, they know they can turn it on, whatever. Why did you have to
1: bring up the Cowboys? (laughs) Lived
2: in Texas for two years and just could not stand to watch Cowboys for life.
3: Welcome to the rundown. Here's Desmond Johnson
2: and welcome into a loaded, loaded edition of the rundown. I'm your host, Desmond Johnson. Every Saturday morning here in the Triad, 10 a.m. to 12 noon on your new home for triad sports coverage, WWBG 1470 a.m. Today, huge, huge, huge ACC big four college basketball preview. I know we've been super heavy on panthers and nfl and college football the past couple of weeks i have not forgotten the college basketball is right around the corner i have not forgotten what butters most of the uh bread here in the triad and to do so i've assembled an avengers-like team of beat reporters to give us the lowdown on each of these teams so we're going to go through them all nc state duke north carolina and wake forest Um, also a little bit later on today joe serrera from the greensboro news and record and the winston-salem journal will join us to review everything that happened last night First round of the uh, North Carolina High School Athletic Association State Football Playoffs. We've got a couple of heavy hitters uh, here in the triad that will have statewide implications as they go further along on their trek for a state championship. Joe will join me in the 11 o'clock hour uh, to discuss the results from last night. And this is a shorter version of Rundown uh, due to North Carolina AT kicking off at noon today. Uh, Their pregame show with Donald Ware and Al Swan will start at 1130 a.m. So uh, before – we get to all of that stuff. Let's go ahead and get right into it. ACC Big Four, ACC basketball preview. Wake Forest uh, is up to bat first. So I went to go grab Connor O'Neill from Deacons Illustrated. What's going on, brother? How you doing?
4: Uh, I'm doing well. Is this a reverse alphabetical order with Wake going first instead of last?
2: No, I figured I'd just give the Trefo some love. You know, I feel like Wake is always behind Duke and Carolina in our coverage over here. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to start off with Wake Forest this time around because they've got a lot of stuff uh, – you know that are that's interesting about this team. Let me put it that way because it feels like they were kind of built in an off season, and then it feels like they lost a lot in the, the the up the off season right after. So a lot of people may not be even aware of what's actually on the team, like what to expect. So what I did was basically compile basic questions for someone that maybe uh has zero idea what to expect from uh, any of these rosters, and I'm going to ask them to each of you guys and see how you respond with these. So really my first question with wake forest uh 25 win team last year didn't get into the ncaa tournament a lot of that people say was due to their non-conference schedule uh i know head coach steve forbes has done a lot to correct that this off season they've got a couple sec teams they're going on the road for a couple of things uh but first with the roster biggest loss to the roster in your mind from last year because they had a couple of dudes that came in made a big impression and now are no longer with the team for whatever reasons who do you think in your mind is gonna be the biggest loss from last year
4: yeah, I mean, that's a that's a coin flip of either Alondis Williams, the uh, ACC player of the year last year, or Jake Laravia, uh, the either 19th or 20th. I, I get it mixed up. But went 19, yeah, 19th yeah. pick in the, in the NBA draft to the Grizzlies. Um, I guess I'd go with Jake because you went through last year knowing that it was Alondis's last year. Like He didn't have the option to come back, even if he wanted to. Uh, I know Wake uh, really would have wanted him to. I mean, that's a kid you want to, that's one of the ones where he he just seemed like he had so much fun playing in college basketball that you wanted to make him stick around forever. Uh, But you can't do that. Uh, Eligibility runs out. Jake was the one that he had another year. Um, Last year was only his third year of college basketball. You don't begrudge a guy for going, especially when he can get a first round guaranteed contract, he's playing for the Grizzlies. It's not like he's stuck in the G League. Like he's on the roster, um, but he's the one that he, he took his decision all the way up to the deadline, um, maybe a day before he announced. But he was he was really split. He was really torn. He wanted to come back to wake. He had so much fun last year playing at Wake. And again, you know, you, you can't fault a guy for wanting to leave and start his pro career. Um, but that's the one that's tough. That's the one that he, the option of was there for him to come back and he did not.
2: Especially with a first round grade. I mean, I, I feel like I do have a, a, a small ability to see guys at, at the high school and college level and kind of look at them and go, yeah, they're they're going to end up playing on Sunday or yeah, they're going to end up playing at a higher level in college or whatever it might be And LaRavia. I think just from the Carolina game that I watched him in, he just looked like he had a pro game, like about him, like already. He already felt polished. So I always thought it was weird when people were like, he's not going to be a first-round pick. I'm like, what's not to like about him? Like, <laughs> I don't understand. What this, is he just not going to be one because we don't know who he is or it's because he's at Wake Forest or whatever it is? And he ended up going 19th, not very far off from uh, being a lottery pick. So uh, LaRavia, I think, will be missed uh, a lot, along with Alondis Williams. Um, because of that, Forbes – uh, head coach, Steve Forbes, brought in uh, a lot of transfer students um, using the portal to, to kind of replace everybody because he lost five of his top six scorers on the team. The top five shot blockers, the top three steel leaders, the top two assist guys, the top five rebounders It's basically a brand new team that he's got. Biggest potential addition to this team in your mind?
4: Yeah, it's either going to be Tyree Appleby, a small explosively quick guard from florida it's actually his sixth year of college basketball he played two at cleveland state he sat out a year at florida after transferring because that was still the rule back uh when he did that a few years back um and then played two for florida he's already a 1500 career point scorer like he's he's had a successful career um and he's he's going to have the ball in his hands he's going to be the the ball dominant guard uh or it's going to be Andrew Carr. Uh, Andrew, everybody is going to want to make the draw the line between Jake Laravia and Andrew Carr. They both played a lot of five for a mid-major school, Jake Laravia coming from Indiana state, Andrew Carr from Delaware. Uh, they're not going to play much five. Like Jake didn't play much five last year at wake. Andrew Carr is not going to play much five this year for wake. Um, He's a 6'10", uh, kind of lanky forward who can stretch the floor, make threes. Uh, he'll be given the opportunity to play defense on the perimeter. That was one of the areas that Jake was kind of a surprise for Steve when they got him onto campus in the summer. They saw that, like, wow, this guy can really move his feet and defend some some smaller, quicker guys. Uh, Andrew Carr has the same ability there where – Not only can you be 6'10 and, you know, jump up with the trees and get rebounds and block shots, you can also guard on the perimeter. You can hedge on ball screens without it being, you know, hold on for dear life moment out there, uh, you know, 30 feet from the basket. So those two, those are really going to be the two transfers that everybody needs to know about Um, Tyree Appleby, Andrew Carr.
2: You can follow Connor and his work because he also writes for uh, for Duke as well. Follow him on Twitter at Connor O'Neill underscore D1. Previewing Wake D-I. Forest hoops. I'm sorry, D.I. It's D-I. Oh, it's D.I. D.I. I'm sorry, I said D1. I'm sorry. There's, about a, that, there's
4: a dual meaning there. It trips people up all the time.
2: <laughs> at Connor O'Neill underscore D.I. So look for him on Twitter to get the latest for Wake Forest and Duke uh, hoops football. Everything you need for them. Thoughts on a. Uh, what do you think should excite the fan base the most this year coming into it?
4: I think it should excite the fan base to see how repeatable Steve Forbes' system is. Um, it's his third year, and the first year it, it, the first year counts, but it doesn't really count when you consider he took over in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, he had to take over a roster where you know, he, he had three returning scholarship players. He pieced that team together uh, kind of from nothing. Um, not nothing, but but certainly not much. So last year was really the first taste you got of what he wants his system to look, to look like at Wake Forest, how he wants to play. And I mean, it, it, judging by the way attendance ramped up throughout the season, judging by 25 wins, uh, you know, player of the year, coach of the year in the ACC. It's a pretty exciting system. So you want to see if that repeats. Uh, I'm not saying that Wake has anybody that's going to be the ACC player of the year. Like, I don't know that. I don't know if Steve can repeat as ACC coach of the year. Those things usually, once you win it, you kind of are eliminated from contention for it the next season.
2: Yeah, they're like, I already got one. Yeah, 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 yeah. right.
4: (laughs) Like, Dave Lawson has no chance to win ACC coach of the year in football this year. But. The the excitement I think stems from all right, you know, was was last year just a flash in the pan? Did we just hit the transfer lottery with Alondis and Jake? And it's it's not gonna be like that ever again? Or is is this gonna be the norm? Uh is this gonna be kind of, you know, every year are we gonna see a, a style of play that puts a lot of points on the board? And are we gonna see a program that really values uh defense and effort and uh, Coach Forbes' motto is gritty, crimey, tough together, GGTT. Uh, you know, how how prevalent is that when you have a roster that's turned over as much as Wakes has?
2: Uh, zooming uh, out from Winston-Salem across the rest of the ACC, uh, interesting field this year. Uh, of course, it was a down year for the ACC, according to the experts, last year, and uh, they just happened to get two teams in the Final Four, and it was Carolina and Duke for uh, for that um who's your pick to win the ACC this year and why
4: you know I I picked UNC um it was one of those I I was I was really close to picking Virginia uh
2: I I think I keep hearing Virginia come up and I'm just like is it I, maybe I haven't been paying attention to them or something uh man, they, they return their year. top
4: six scorers uh I think Jaden Gardner is as good of a four as anybody else has in the league Um, I think, you know, Kihei Clark has taken so many hits, uh, for media in this state and from kind of some, from some, from some of his own fans at sometimes, uh, for being such a short point guard, like that guy just makes winning plays.
2: I was about to ask if he's still there. It's gotta be like his seventh year. (laughs) Virginia, feels like. I, I actually think
4: I, I, I saw his senior night last year when Duke went up there and played, but. I think it was a situation where he's got a COVID year, so he's he's going to well use that year. I mean, yeah. <laughs> we don't we don't need to beat around the bush. Like it's not it's not like the NBA is beating down his door to to get him into the league. So yeah. why not stick around and win some more games?
2: Leaky uh, Black's in the Same situation, I believe, uh, in Chapel Hill. So yeah, if you can use that extra, well, fifth year, sixth year, whatever it might be, yeah. go for it. Especially if you're in a good program.
4: So I I pick UNC because I guess I, I'm. If you're picking UNC, you're buying the fact that their last month last season is more repeatable than their first what, 3 or 4 months. Because yeah. that was that was not a good team last year. It was no, a good team no for the last month. It was a great yeah. team for the last month. But you know, it, you, <laughs> you can't ignore the fact that they had a home loss to a really bad pit team at the end toward the end of the season. They came to Winston-Salem and lost by 22. I mean, every time they played a good team until that last month, they kind of got blown out.
2: That was the turning point, actually. I think that Wake Forest loss was when they finally kind of started figuring stuff out, and it kind of – it was like the last week or two of the regular season into the ACC tournament. Uh, Between that and closing out uh, Kay at Cameron, that was kind of the catapult for them going forward. Uh, I watched their exhibition game against Johnson C. Smith, Last week, and uh, I was actually impressed with their depth compared to last year. They were playing six and a half kids pretty much the whole rest of the way. It feels like they can go like 11 deep if they really wanted to. I know Hubert will get it down to like nine or whatever by the time conference starts. But I kind of expect them to have blue team, white team through most of the non-conference just going in and out. Uh, So it'll be different for Carolina fans compared to last year where we didn't have anybody (laughs) to put in. Um,
4: That's, That's the one thing that interests me this year in terms of the ACC and college basketball as a whole, like you look at the final four last year, none of those teams had a bench. They just had one or two guys that they brought off. the. uh, Even I, I remember talking to people there. I was like, I knew Kansas's situation. I obviously knew Carolina and Duke's situation. And then I, I was talking to somebody else there and it was like, I had to be, I had to say, I had to say, God, even Villanova doesn't have a bench. Even Villanova just has like one or two subs they bring in. What, you know, every team. So,
2: Do you think I'm that was curious. just because of the season or do you think that's a trend that's starting to happen where these rotations will get smaller in college basketball?
4: That's what I want to know. Like, I, I want to know if that's a trend. I want to know because college basketball coaches copy each other all the time. Uh, if If college basketball coaches see that all four teams in the Final Four don't have much of a bench and you can just develop your chemistry with a core rotation of six or seven, Maybe everybody else, not everybody else across like 362 teams, but maybe the majority try to implement that this year. And and I think Carolina should be deeper. Wake should be a really deep team. Um, and there, there's going to be there's going to be some yang to, to everybody's yin if they if they're going that route. But I, I'm really curious to see how that plays out.
2: And then uh, real quick before I get you out of here, Conor uh giving us the lowdown on Wake Forest. Uh, it's our ACC Big Four uh, college basketball preview today on the rundown. Um, I saw that Gonzaga might be joining the Big 12 soon. Um, if there was any – this is a hypothetical. If there was any <laughs> school out there that you would ask to join the ACC for basketball purposes alone, because that's pretty – I don't even think Gonzaga has a football team. Who would your dream school be?
4: This is such an easy question because of where I grew up. Uh, I want Maryland back in the ACC. Wow. Really? Maryland at all? Really? Yeah. I I want, come on, man. Maryland (laughs) Maryland has no, no natural rivalries with anybody in the big 10. Uh, you you go back and think about some of the clashes that Maryland and Duke had, Maryland, Carolina. Um, those are special. And, and I, I understand why they did what they did. Uh, everybody chases the money. That's never been more true than it is today in society. But man, I, I would love to have them back in the ACC for the for the rivalry and for the history
2: of it. You just reminded me um, some of my fondest memories as a kid, like a young kid in the '80s, watching ACC basketball um, were those Carolina Maryland games. Like it, it, it's always been. People seem to think that it's always been Carolina and Duke at the top of this conference and it really hadn't, it's been Carolina and someone else, like usually more often than not, it's Carolina and state or Carolina and Maryland, Carolina and Duke, Carolina and Florida state or Virginia or whoever, it's always been Carolina and someone else kind of leading the way. And for the past 20 plus years, 30 years, uh, it's been Duke. It's been Duke and Carolina, but in the eighties before K got it going at Duke, uh, like 83, 84. 85 86 that was lynn bias versus michael jordan carolina maryland games And you want to talk about like can i can't even think of anything right now that was on that same level of just watching two dudes go at each other and people don't understand how athletic lynn bias was lynn bias was jordan but two inches taller like what a sweeter jump shot like people don't people can't wrap their minds around it unless they saw it so you say in maryland that's actually pretty good um I, I think i would probably say kansas but kansas is in the same spot in the big 12 as carolina is in acc like they would never leave it to go unless the big 12 imploded or something to that effect but uh that, that's pretty good maryland you also made me think of batteries uh weren't they throwing batteries at, <laughs> at yeah
4: I think, I think i think there it was it i think it was at jj reddick or the, yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot the of there's a lot of bad stories about maryland fans and i mean
2: you know, at, at, at K. I feel like behind the scenes, K. did a lot to make sure that Duke and Maryland never saw each other in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Because over what fifteen plus years that they've been doing this thing, for them to never cross paths, even though it's like a natural rivalry, I don't think Carolina's seen Maryland in the Big Ten uh, ACC Challenge either. Now that I'm thinking about it, I, if they did, it was a while back. I don't remember it anytime recently. I know Duke and Maryland have never played uh, each other in it. So,
4: yeah, I don't think Maryland and Carolina have ever played. I know. uh I like to think that I don't get starstruck easily. Like, I, I, you know, to humble brag. I've seen I've been around some people that I never thought I would be around, like Tiger Woods at the Wyndham when yeah. he was there at 15.
2: Same here. Yeah. Uh,
4: one of the most starstruck moments I've ever had uh, in 10 plus years was I was eating a, a pregame meal. Uh, I think it was 2012 or 2013 had to be one of those years. Uh, in the Smith Center, and you're kind of you're back there where the visiting locker room kind of is. And if you're going from the visiting locker room to the court, a lot of t- you either you either go one way or you go this way and pass by all the media members as they eat. And I'm sitting there eating and and all of a sudden it's like, oh, my God, there's Juan Dixon. <laughs> I love Juan Dixon. Like that was that was uh that national team yeah, yeah, the first team that I really paid attention to as a sports fan was two thousand and one, two thousand and two Maryland that went to the final four and lost to Duke. Mm-hmm. and then the next year they won uh beat Indiana. So seeing Juan Dixon uh I think he was the final four MVP come yeah. walking through there it was just like, just just mouth the gate like oh man
2: that that is my
4: hero right there
2: man so maryland there that would be an interesting one there for sure um again follow connor's work on twitter at connor o'neill underscore di uh that is on twitter and again not not only just for wake forest he also writes for uh, uh he's the beat writer for duke as well so you can find info on wake Forest and duke uh, and do football's still going on. We're just ignoring it for today because uh, Wake's having a great year. Uh, Duke is having a better than expected year as well in football. But this today I tried to dedicate all to ACC Big Four basketball. So we'll get back to them next week. Um, Connor, always a pleasure having you on, man, especially as college basketball is about to begin. And I know we're all about to get even busier with the crossover with football and basketball going on at the same time. Uh, I will definitely try to get you back on and get us some updates on uh, our boy Steve Forbes and the Deeks over in uh, Winston-Salem.
4: Sounds good. Thanks for having me, Des.
2: Coming up, more of the ACC Big Four college basketball preview. You're listening to The Rundown, WWBG, 1470 AM, and tobacco road sports Radio.com.
3: You're listening to The Rundown with Desmond Johnson. Uh-huh. Find your next car at Auto Store of North Carolina in Walkertown. Their goal is to make car shopping and car buying experience fast, friendly, and easy. They have helped hundreds of customers get behind the wheel of a newer, reliable, quality used car, and they could help you, too. Stop by and speak with one of their sales professionals today and drive away with your new car. The Auto Store of North Carolina, 4964 Reedsville Road in Walkertown. Give them a call at 336-595-8550 and view the current inventory of vehicles at autostoreofnc.com Welcome to Twin City Press Catering. Locally owned and operated, Twin City Press Catering will professionally manage and organize your events efficiently. Twin City uses fresh ingredients from local vendors for all types of special and corporate events. Currently taking Thanksgiving catering orders, Visit our sister company, Twin City Minis Facebook page for details or give us a call at 336-813-8002. Twin City Press Catering in Kernersville. Hi, I'm Sabrina Kuhn Godfrey. Hi, I'm Deanna Kaplan.
2: Hi, I am Richard Watts. The Common Sense Choice for Winston-Salem Forsyth County School Board.
3: It would be our honor to serve you. Make your voice heard by voting for Deanna, Richard, Sabrina, and, Deanna and Common
2: Sense. We need your support. Early voting starts October 20th, paid for by Sabrina Kuhn Godfrey for VOE, Deanna Kaplan for School Board, Richard Watts, at-large school board. Walkertown Auto Sales. Look no further when shopping for your next vehicle. Located in the heart of the triad at 3076 Walkertown View Drive in Walkertown, Walkertown Auto Sales specializes in affordable and reliable used cars, trucks, and SUVs. They offer financing with good credit, bad credit, or no credit, with interest rates as low as 3.9%. With knowledgeable employees that are always willing to go the extra mile, you'll drive away with the car of your dreams at Walkertown Auto Sales. Check out the entire online inventory now at Walkertown Auto Sales,
0: this is sam farber radio play-by-play broadcaster for your charlotte hornets and you're listening to the rundown with desmond johnson on tobacco road sports radio on wwbg 1470 a.m
2: Welcome back into a wide-open Saturday morning here in the Triad. Tobacco Road Sports Radio, your home for Triad sports coverage, along with WWBG, 1470 AM. Shout-out to Southern Broadcasting Media, uh, LLC, our partners, out in the uh, Triad helping us give you all the good stuff, Triad sports stuff. And this is one of those parts of the year where a lot of stuff starts to intersect. I know we've been super heavy on football, NFL, college football the past couple of weeks, but we all know this is basketball country, and uh, we got – the acc getting ready to kick off non-conference schedule this week i think duke's playing monday uh i watched carolina play their exhibition game against johnson c smith last week and uh we already had connor o'neill on to preview wake forest uh hoops this season had to go grab rl bynum friend of the program from the tar hill tribune arlo what's up brother how you doing man doing good ready for the season to get going so this is a huge season second year for uh, uh hubert davis came in. Uh, Last year, taking over for uh, legendary Roy Williams, there was there was some doubt in some corners of whether or not Hubert could make this happen. And then, of course, through the season, there was a lot of ebbs and flows with that Carolina team. And then, of course, they kind of put it all together last couple of weeks of uh, February, went on the run in March, got all the way to the national championship game and had a 15 point lead at halftime. And if it wasn't for a uh, a busted Armando Baycott ankle, we could be having a different conversation today uh, about this team. Because uh, more than likely, half these guys would have probably left if they had uh, won the whole thing. But they returned four or five starters, um, ranked number one in most preseason polls. Uh, RL, to you. And I, I, this is kind of an easier question. I've been asking the same questions to each of the beat, beat writers that we've had on this week, and they're all going to be uh, a variety of different answers. But with the Carolina one, it's pretty obvious. First question: biggest loss to the roster in your mind from last year?
5: Oh yeah, obviously it's uh, Brady. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's that's an easy one. There, uh, he brought so much to the team. But uh, you know, Pete Nance is is not going to be Brady Manic but he's going to be good he has a terrific basketball iq he he probably can defend better against big guys than manic he's got better size and Manic was a good passer but i think uh nance is even a better passer uh he may not be the prolific three-point shooter that uh brady manic was but he did have a higher uh three-point shooting percentage last season with fewer makes so it's it's not like it's a uh even swap but i don't think carolina loses a great deal in the swap and really the we'll we'll know for sure in a couple of months on in that regard
2: the thing that struck me watching the exhibition game and granted was an exhibition game it was johnson c smith but the 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 depth of this team compared to last year is is striking because really hubert was only going like six and a half deep really towards the end there uh, and it was funny, too. Connor actually mentioned this earlier. Uh, All those final four teams basically only went like six deep, seven deep. Like none of them really had deep teams, uh, including the Duke team. And that's not typically what Carolina does. Carolina typically has a pretty deep bench, uh, regardless of who the coach is. And it feels like Hubert's getting back to that uh this year. You mentioned Pete Nance. I was really impressed with him in that game last week. Well, who's the biggest potential addition to this team in your mind?
5: Uh, other than Nance, I yeah. would... I'd probably say Seth Tribble. Uh, he looked really impressive. I like his quickness, his jumping ability. He's a terrific passer. And he really showed that he's a good defender as well. And Dove Taylor, what you talked about depth, I think uh, having Seth Tribble there will really help in, in the backcourt as far as managing uh, minutes for R.J. Davis and Caleb Love. Uh, I'd be really interested to see how many minutes both of them average this season. It'll still be high, but I think when you've got Trimble in there, uh, it's going to give him more flexibility. Tyler Nichol, who knows how many minutes he gets a game, but he showed to be a really dangerous perimeter shooter. And uh, he, he always could use a a, a a good perimeter shooter off the bench. And then uh, don't forget about Puff Johnson, who had a tremendous uh, championship game before uh, he got banged in the chest or whatever happened to him.
2: Oh, yeah, that's right. So, yeah, <laughs> so,
5: uh, yeah, there is there is a lot of depth there, uh, for Hubert to work with. And obviously, he always says that the players decide that, but I would assume that he would go at least eight, maybe nine, uh, this season if he can. Uh, uh done, started in place of, uh, R.J. Davis, who missed yeah. the, the Johnson C. Smith game. And obviously, Dontre Styles, uh, he made a huge three-pointer early in overtime against Baylor. And and uh, he seems to have made strides in the offseason. So uh, I think uh, Hubert Davis has better options off the bench uh, this season than he did last season. And um, hopefully, that'll help him. Because obviously, in the Virginia Tech game and the ACC tournament, the, the, the uh his players got tired you could tell and then the same thing happened in the second half against Kansas and uh I, obviously he doesn't want that to happen again and uh and then the other the other part of it is uh you want to have play a, a lot of players who have quality minutes during the regular season and that almost came back to bite them in the Baylor game because so many people were out and there were there were players trying to work the press who hadn't seen one probably all season yeah it was was a rough overtime but they managed to survive
2: you know it's crazy you made me remember Puff Johnson and Dontre Styles didn't even play in that exhibition they were uh, held out for a variety of reasons so we didn't even see those two guys play in this rotation so I mean literally felt like Hubert played like 11 guys uh (laughs) the other night so I mean that that's a good problem to have it's the opposite of the problem he had last year where he just didn't feel comfortable past Mm -hmm. Styles and Puff on the bench but this year it feels like he's got uh the freshman that came in we didn't see Jalen Washington he's still nursing the, the, the the recovery from the knee injury he had in high school uh he'll be able to spell Baycott a little bit they're they're pretty loaded and uh one of my friends who's a Carolina graduate we were talking uh Tuesday night about this team and I was telling him about how yeah they're ranked preseason number one in most of the polls and he was like yeah that bothers me a little bit I don't know how I feel about that and I was like honestly This is the difference to me between Carolina and Duke the past 15 years. When Duke is ranked preseason number one, it's based off potential. It's off of kids we've never seen before. Like it's based off their high school ranking and the class ranking and what people expect them to potentially do. Whenever Carolina is preseason number one, it's usually based off of what they did before, the year before and who came back. So it's a different type of preseason number one. Like if if I see a bunch of publications putting the Tar Heels at number one preseason, That tells me that they think that Carolina is good enough to win a national championship off of what they've seen, not what they expect or potentially hope to see. Uh, And to me, that's the big difference. Carolina might be the oldest team in the country, or one of them, uh, in terms of what they have. Leaky's a fifth-year senior using his COVID year. Baycott's back for his senior year. Uh, You've got a junior backcourt. So they've got the experience. They did the run last year. I say all that, RL what do you think should excite the fan base the most this season uh if you're a Carolina Tar Heel fan
5: well in general I'm not going to compare this to the 2019 but this is certainly the most anticipated Mm -hmm. season since 2009 clearly when they were they were number one but uh yeah I just the potential like uh, Roy Williams always said it's it's good to have talent but it's better to have experienced talent so like you said they have a lot of experienced talent while Duke's got a lot of talent, but a lot of them are freshmen, and they're going to have to integrate them into the system. State has a bunch of new players, new transfers, but they got to integrate them into the system. So Carolina doesn't have that issue other than Pete Nance. And Pete Nance seems to seems like he's integrated right in, yeah. <laughs> in the system. Yeah. And uh, I think Hubert Davis said in the press conference a week ago, it seems like he's been here forever. So uh, he he's obviously blended in very well so it it barring injuries uh it it should it should be a really interesting ride but you always have to remember one one bad game in march and that those those dreams die. I, mean, I mean a lot of people have compared carolina's situation this season to ucla last season made the final four everybody so soon they'd be back and of course you didn't make it but that was because Carolina beat him in the. Yeah, they ran it Carolina. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it'll really be interesting to see uh, how Hubert Davis evolves as a coach this season. I mean, last season, you really didn't know about him. You saw him on the bench. He looked kind of timid on the bench. But boy, he is not. His demeanor has been impressive. And then last season, he made a lot of hard decisions amid a lot of criticism. I mean going with the iron five and then scrapping a traditional element of Carolina basketball like the secondary break. I mean, that that's that for traditional Carolina fans, that was really kind of surprising. Yeah. But he knew his personnel and that worked. And uh, you know, that, that meant some adjustments for Armando Baycott, who who benefited from that secondary break, and then all of a sudden he's got a he's got to find himself uh, in ball screen action and and you know maybe it's the only player inside the arc so yeah it, it, it'll be interesting to see how the season evolves it, and you know i don't think anybody and i'm not talking about the success at the end of the season i'm just, just i don't think anybody could have anticipated how last season evolved the way it did just the way uh hubert davis uh managed the roster
2: yeah i i was getting into it actually last year was weird for me because i was getting into it with carolina fans like you know i'm a huge carolina fan myself but it felt like february in particular that the carolina fans were kind of starting to turn like on hubert and the team and they were given reasons where i'm just like you gotta let these guys literally are figuring this out on the court like we're watching hubert kind of figure stuff out on the court and you got to give them time to to figure this out and I saw plenty of people that jumped off that bandwagon and jumped right back on it after they beat Duke and Cameron and went on the rod as if they never jumped off of it. And I kept receipts. <laughs> so I was yeah. coming after them in the, in the, uh, during the tournament run, uh, where I'm just like, no, nah, I remember you getting down when we, when Wake Forest beat our brains in, like in that February, that late February game. That was kind of to me the tipping point where things kind of started changing for Carolina. Uh, and Hubert, to his credit, had the wherewithal to, to see, Okay, this whole R.J. Davis, Caleb Love, both running the point thing, that worked in the past when we had Joel Berry and Marcus Page doing it. But these are not the same type of players as Marcus, uh, you know, Page and Joel Berry. For him to make R.J. the de facto point guard and putting Caleb Love off the ball at the two, to me, that was the thing that really flipped the team where R.J. Davis, I feel like he's going to end up being first team all ACC this year. I feel like he's the one player that I look to really elevate his game beyond the ceiling of what people have him right now he just showed me so much at that run last year he reminded me of he kind of reminded me of Ty Lawson a little bit until in, in terms of he's got the quickness he's got the speed he's got the handles he knows how to pull up he started learning how to, to drive this car and that was kind of the thing i was waiting on and what you mentioned earlier in the segment about having seth trimble now you don't have to move caleb over to the point guard to spell him uh when when rj needs to sit you can bring triple in to play point keep caleb on the off guard I, I feel like they're better equipped to to navigate the acc this year with the roster they have and hubert having a year underneath them they kind of know what to expect from them uh guys want to play for him and that's the thing do you pick carolina to win acc or is there another team out there that you're looking at that could actually win it instead of carolina
5: Oh I I definitely would pick Carolina to win the ACC. You know you never know what's going to happen, but I definitely would pick Carolina to win. And you talking about the playmaking uh against uh Johnson C Smith, Caleb Love was a pretty good playmaker. He made some oh, nice passes. Oh
2: yeah, I noticed and, that. Yeah.
5: Uh, that 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 surprised me. Uh he's he's uh he made better decisions with the ball uh and obviously it's against a division two team that won five games last season however it was still impressive and uh that that, that uh obviously you don't want any injuries to rj davis but if that were to happen uh C- caleb uh, showed pretty pretty good uh court savvy in that game
2: and he needed to show that i think that was his goal this year for coming back with showing nba scouts he can do that uh you know being at six four this will be a critical year for 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 caleb uh and armando um to basically show that they can do uh this kind of stuff in the pros um i asked connor this question his answer kind of surprised me uh gonzaga may be joining the big 12 soon apparently um if there was any school out there that you would ask to join the acc for basketball who would your dream school be for
5: basketball
2: yeah that's
5: a good question uh, well, you're not going to steal anybody from the sec, you would say Kentucky, but you're not going to steal anybody from the sec. Mm. Uh, I so mean, I didn't really lay down probably somebody from the big east like uh Villanova, but I don't know if it, the ACC would want a basketball only school,
2: yeah. You almost uh, have to suspend reality just to answer the question because, right. yeah, because Connor ran to the same thing, but again, he the answer he gave, I was like, I didn't even think about that, but uh, w- um. Uh, who, who would you pick I I wouldn't mind a basket basketball
5: only school in uh Villanova you got a football you gotta you gotta who is in all sports but football so yeah it's, it's not like it's a there, there's no precedent to it
1: uh, Um but again
5: I don't see I don't see the ACC going that sort of route if you're going to go to a school that plays all the sports I guess Connecticut kind of plays football, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I mean, that would be a good addition, basketball wise. That would be a whale of a, uh, addition for women's basketball.
2: Ooh, yeah. Um, Connor picked Maryland actually, um, and and went on with the uh, you know the Duke Maryland rivalry, and I I was like, you know, people seem to think it's always been Duke versus Carolina the whole time of the ACC. Uh, go find the history of the ACC, uh, the the ten part series that aired on the ACC Network uh, a while back now, about half a year now. I think I have it saved on my DVR, but it was always Carolina versus somebody. It was Carolina versus State or Carolina versus Maryland or Carolina versus Duke. Now is what it seems to be a lot. And uh, as a kid growing up in the eighties, like the mid eighties, watching those ACC quadruple headers on Saturday, Jefferson Pilot, that kind of stuff. There was nothing better than a, a 230 tip Carolina versus Maryland, Lynn Bias versus Michael Jordan, uh, like the 84 Carolina team taking on that Maryland team. Like those were like you weren't gonna get a better college basketball game or a better matchup than bias versus Jordan. And I wish that Lynn Bias uh it hadn't happened the way it happened, and we got a chance to see him play in the pros because people don't people that weren't around during that time period. When I say Lynn Bias was uh, Michael Jordan but two inches taller with a sweeter jump shot, like they don't, they can't wrap their mind around it, <laughs> and like that's literally what he was. Like he literally, literally was. He he was Jordan but two. He was six six eight, and it was more built and had the sweeter jump shot, and was might have been more athletic, uh, which is nuts to say. But that when he said Maryland, that brought back a flood of memories with all of that stuff there too. would be good too. Although I'm curious to see what happens with that program with Jay Wright now gone. Will it fall back to the pack, or will it continue to stay where it was uh, with Jay Wright at the helm? You can Carolina uh, you
5: could potentially play Villanova in Portland uh, yes. later this month. Yes,
2: and uh, so I, month. I was going to mention that, that uh, Carolina opens the season Monday night, ACC Network, 9 p.m. against UNC Wilmington. Uh, they've got some games on here. They take on 13th-ranked Indiana. Uh, I assume that's the ACC Big Ten Challenge uh, yes. November 30th. Uh, they got a tilt against Ohio State in December they actually host Michigan uh December 21st in Charlotte. In, in Charlotte and then ACC season uh or the part of the season for ACC play begins then so uh and of course they end with Duke uh March the fourth um you can follow RL Bynum throughout the whole season if you want to find out some more info on stuff we didn't get to like uh this Carolina Virginia football game Carolina seven and one overall four and on the ACC they're averaging 41 points per game. Drake May might be a Heisman candidate. If you want to hear RL's opinion on that stuff, follow him on Twitter at RL underscore Bynum, beat writer for the Tar Heel Tribune. Uh, RL, appreciate always appreciate having you on. And now that basketball is coming in here and we got this overlap with football, we'll definitely uh, have you on more often here to, to keep us caught up with our heels.
5: I look forward to it. Take care.
2: All right, coming up more next. We're doing the ACC Big Four college basketball preview. You're listening to The Rundown or watching The Rundown here on TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com and WWBG, 1470 AM.
3: You're listening to The Rundown with Desmond Johnson.
0: Hey, Pops, where you want to go eat tonight? I'm going to go get me some good southern cooking at Ball Brothers down by the airport in Winston. No, Pops, it's Bell Brothers, and they closed years ago. It's Taste of the Triad now. Taste of the Triad? Is it in the old Ball Brothers building? Yup. Can I still get baked chicken and collard greens? Sure can. How about neck bones, meatloaf, and pork chops? Taste of the triad has all that. So they ain't got pinto beans, tater salad, mac and cheese, or fried okra? Pops, they have all that, plus homemade cakes and cobblers and sweet potato pie. Well, then I don't care what they call it, let's go eat.
4: Taste of the Triad, open daily for lunch with $5.99 specials from 11 to 2 and chef specials daily. Don't miss the Saturday brunch from 9 to 1 and the soulful Sunday dinner when you come out of church full of the word, but hungry for Southern comfort food. Taste of the Triad in in the old Bell Brothers building at Old Walkertown Road and North Liberty in Winston-Salem.
0: That's good Southern
4: cooking. This is Taylor Rogier, and you're listening to The Rundown with Desmond Johnson on Tobacco Roll Sports Radio on WWBG 1470
2: AM. Welcome back into the rundown. WWBG 1470 AM, your home for triad sports here in the triad, Desmond Johnson here with you every Saturday morning, 10 AM to 12 noon. Uh, Today, we're actually cut a little bit short uh, we'll be off the air at 1130 to make room for our friends over at AT. and t Donald Ware, Al Swan will be on for the North Carolina a t pregame show at 1130. Then at 12 noon, stick around here on Tobacco Road Sports Radio. You can listen to North Carolina a going for their fifth win in a row, taking on. Um, who do they have? <laughs> I completely forgot who they have right now. Norfolk State. I'm sorry. They have Norfolk State uh, at 12 noon today. Joining me right now. Uh, He is the beat writer for all Wolfpack fan nation or SI's fan nation. Rob McLamb joins the show as we do our ACC Big Four preview for college basketball. Everything's starting, tipping off this Monday. Rob, what's going on, brother? How are you doing, man?
0: I'm well. How are you, sir?
2: I'm excited. This is the time of year where I literally have 20 things crossing over (laughs) at the same time from high school football, college football, college basketball. NBA just started. Uh, the Panthers. Everything. Everything's happening at once. So this is the sports sweet spot equinox. of the year. Yeah, yeah sports, sports equinox. equinox. Yeah. <laughs> this. This is that time of the year for those sports fans. Um, we've had Connor O'Neill on. We've had uh, for Wake Forest. We've had Arlo Bynum on for Carolina, and it's NC State's turn. Uh, Rob, let's just get into it from uh this roster from last year. In your mind, who, what is the biggest loss to this roster from last year?
0: Well, the biggest loss would be Dar- uh, Darian Sebron. Obviously, he's, you know, applying his trades I think he's in the G League right now. He's going to be on a two-way contract with the Pelicans. So he'll be going back and forth between Birmingham and, and New Orleans uh, this season. That would be the biggest loss. But when when you lose 21 games, I don't know.
1: <laughs>
0: can you call it a law? I mean, that's it, about as bad as it can get. Uh, at, at a p5 level so i, I think Frenzy state they kind of hit rock bottom last season uh they had some great talent but they just had a lot of injuries and uh i think it's nothing but looking up i don't see how they could really get any worse than last season so uh sebron is a loss obviously they would love to have had him back but uh i, I think they they've got some uh, good parts they brought in so far
2: uh the wolf pack opening their season on monday as well 8 p.m tip-off versus austin pay that game should be available on ACC network. Um, so definitely check it out over there. It doesn't say here if it will or will not be. I think it's an ESPN uh,
0: plus game. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's probably ESPN
2: yeah. plus through their ACC network thing. So you should be able to catch it there as most of these ACC games will be. Um, biggest potential addition to the team in your mind this year, Rob?
0: Um, well, I think, you know, DJ Burns, uh, they did not have a uh, Manny Bates last season. He got hurt. So DJ Burns is a the guy they brought in. He was uh uh applying this trade that he originally had committed to tennessee and then he went to uh winthrop and now he's he's been a remarkably efficient player in his college career now they bring him in he did not start the exhibition game but he's a guy that could really help out a lot they have so many transfers jack clark uh jarkel joiner jordan will probably be the biggest name uh, he's from old miss uh, you know these are guys that have played at the sec level played at p p5 level and uh, can really help. And I think that touches on Kevin Keats's background uh, as a guy who worked at Hargrave. He was a prep school coach many, many years ago. He had to put teams together year in, year out on the fly. And that's kind of where college basketball is now. It's a fluid situation with the transfers and and and, and going pro and such. So this is going to test those skills that he had to use when he was in Lynchburg, Virginia. And uh, th- there, there are a lot of good transfers in uh, Dusan uh Mahorchik if I pronounced it right if I mispronounced it I apologize but you know he's another one that uh that came in and and they just have a lot of new pieces and that's probably where they're going to go for the next few years just adding pieces four or five transfers a year uh until maybe they can get to the point where they're competing in the top tier of the Atlantic Coast Conference
2: it's wild to me because especially with the uh the transfer portal the way it is now Uh, watching college basketball is so different because the rosters, especially for some of these teams here, uh, really three of the four that we're talking about here today in the ACC four, their rosters are completely different from what they were last year. And a lot of that is uh, from bringing in people from the transfer portal last year, like Wake Forest did, uh, and then replenishing that. Uh, And it seems like State and head coach Kevin Keats are going along the same path. Do you feel like Kevin Keats is on the hot seat right now after the season they turned in last year?
0: Well, yeah, I think he kind of has to be. I mean, when you lose 21 games, and he, I think I, you know, he's been there five, six years now, so th- there, there will be some, you know, need to have a, a, make a compelling case for why you are the guy to lead the program. Uh, you know, Kevin is an aff- affable, man. He's very nice. He's he's polite. He's uh, he's got a he's got something to give the game of basketball. Uh, sometimes you go places and it does not work out. So far, it, it hasn't really worked out. Some of that. It's probably not been his fault. You've had COVID. You've just had a lot of different things. Um, you know, his first season, they went to the uh, first uh, weekend of the uh, NCAA tournament. If they get back there this year, that would be a win for NC State to get back to that level. But then you're you're kind of back where you started anyway. So he definitely has some things he needs to prove. Uh, he'll be one year shorter in terms of the length of his contract. So that means that's one less year in terms of a buyout. If you do run him off, you that's less money you have to give him. Uh, that may have played a factor in them deciding to bring him back. I'm not sure. But, uh, you know, at this level, yeah. And an NC State fan base, they their championship starved in the major sports. So they want to win titles. They want to hang banners. It's been a long time. And, and if you're in the mix, I think they'll roll with you. But, right, you know, last few years, NC State, quite frankly, hasn't been in the mix.
2: Yeah, I'm going to say, I think it's uh, NC State they have not won a major conference title uh, in football or basketball uh, since 1989, if I'm not mistaken. So it's 89, been regular yeah, season. Yes, sir. Yeah. That was the fire and ice, Chris Cortiani, Rodney Monroe uh, squad. So it's been about 30 years since uh, a little over 30 years since uh, any of that's happened. One of the questions I've written down that I've been asking all of the, uh, the ACC big four, big writer, uh, beat writers, uh, things to get excited about, uh which should excite the fan base the most this season I think with State though I I need to change that question a little bit more into what are your expectations for Terquavion Smith uh who surprisingly returned uh to the program uh after many had him rated as a first round prospect uh and he kind of played with a little bit he's projected to be a first rounder but he did return back to school um give me your thoughts on Smith and where you see his ceiling going into the season
0: Statistically, he may have a worse season, but he may have a better season in terms of marketing himself for the pros. And the reason I say that is because he's going to play with more talent, I would imagine, this year. And so how does he mesh with talent? If you want to be in the NBA, let's be honest, they're all dogs in the NBA. You have to be able to mesh with that type of talent. And if you can't, if you're an alpha dog and you just can't play with other alpha dogs, then you you really sell yourself short in terms of going to the next level. Uh, This is an opportunity for him to play with better talent show how he mixes with that talent he may not have the scoring average or he may not have the numbers in that regard but can he lift up his game can he lift up this uh say his assist totals can he be a wing that goes in and rebounds nc state's going to probably have rebounding issues they don't have uh that that back to the basket guy that's going to give them 36 minutes a game. Uh, and give them rebounds, yeah, They but they've been that way for several years. If you recall, Torin Doran Jr. was a, a leading rebounder about four or five years ago. That's kind of what they're looking for from their wings, and that's what they want, interchangeability. Can Smith blend in with those guys, and can he do that? Because that's what professional basketball really has become, a positionless game. Uh, it's really five guys who can do uh, most of the skill sets you need, and this is an opportunity for him to expand in that regard. He may not have the numbers. But uh, he may end up lifting NC State. And in that, and then that, you know, during that path, he'll also lift up himself.
2: Rob McLam joining us here, uh, beat writer for NC State. Uh, You can catch his work at All Wolfpack, SI's Fan Nation site. Uh, Follow him on Twitter at Rob McLam. Who's your pick to win the ACC this year, Rob? I'd probably
0: go with Carolina. Uh, Carolina is funny because, you know, they get the same type of talent that Duke does in Connecticut or Connecticut, excuse me, Kentucky. Those type those teams, they get that type of talent, but they don't get the. But for some reason, the one and done guys stay there a little longer. You know, you know, you you got a guy gets 20 some rebounds in a national championship game. (laughs) I mean, he's ready to cash checks and then all of a sudden he comes back. For some reason, Carolina has that and it's to their credit. And it's, you know, guys want to stay there and uh, they've handled the transition really really well uh they saw what happened the when they went guthridge to doherty many years ago and they nixed that and they nipped that in the bud they went to espn they got hubert davis they groomed him for nine years and a lot of people were saying boy when roy williams gets out of there that's the chance it could be that roy williams staying there might have been the worst thing it could have been now with hubert davis with that youth and with a guy who really." really is a ver- he's, he's like a young version of Dean Smith the way he carries mm-hmm. himself with a calm demeanor I think the Tar Heels would have to be the pick to win the Atlantic Coast Conference title now they did have some inconsistency last season he is still a young head coach but I, I think there'll be a team we've seen many times the Tar Heels pick up steam as the year goes by and there'll be a team that maybe they'll finish second third or fourth in the regular season but then they end up winning the ACC tournament and making that deep run so I would I would project North Carolina Uh, to be the best team in the conference this season.
2: Man, you really hit some hot spots there too in terms of uh, true Carolina fans know uh, you just spoke a lot of truth because a lot of Carolina teams, they might have a couple of bumps in the road early in that non-conference because Roy was known to to really lay out a heavy non-conference schedule against opponents on the road. Dean would do the same thing and they'd take their lumps in the non-conference. But by the time they got the conference play, you could actually see them getting better as they went along it took the Carolina team last year about a month longer than expected to kind of get there and a lot of that was on Hubert kind of learning on the fly you kind of watched yeah. him learn uh from his mistakes and errors and games and eventually settled on not trying to be Dean Smith not trying to be Roy Williams and doing it his way and that resulted in stuff like R.J. Davis becoming the point guard Caleb Love moving to the off guard only uh, six man rotation stuff like that. That normally we just seemed like alien <laughs> to Carolina to yeah. fans, but uh, they were able to make that work, and um, they seem like they might be pretty stacked going into the season, ranked number one across yeah, the think of his,
0: I'm goals. sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. He's, I think I his that. way is going to mirror Dean because those are the you know, those are the men of his life. I mean, those are the people we're we all are shaped by mentors, and mm-hmm. Dean Smith will be one of the greatest mentors of his life, so there will be similarities almost by default and you know dean's last year was 97 i've been in the triangle i've been born in durham lived here my whole life dean's last team that team started slow 97. then they picked up steam that was vince carter and Jamison. they ended oh, up playing two, in the final ACC. four yeah and then they lost to arizona that year bill guthridge's last team they were an eight seed going into the tournament they picked up steam they built they beat stanford they lost in the first round of the acc tournament wake forest people wanted it and they called it gutter ball yeah. and then two three weeks later he's in the final four playing florida gators so this is not something that you know this is not a new phenomenon in Chapel Hill this is what they do they pick up steam and you know I think with with NC State you know obviously you're competing against that but you have to look into in, in, it's, and it's hard to digress from that it's hard to say okay we're competing against North Carolina but we have to they have to find their niche and do their and find their way of how what is their method what is you know they don't have that you, know, you go back to volvano which is now over 30 years as you say what is the tried and true method for nc state when are they going to get a team that hits that top four where they're playing in ncaa tournament and they're wearing home uniforms because they're favored to win and you know they have three sweet three sweet 16s since volvano left and each time they had to upset a top seed to get there so they're really they've been plateaued as a first weekend ncaa tournament team now for probably th- over three decades and you have to find part of that's finding an identity if this is going to be the identity of bringing kids in and, and transferring and doing it that's way that's fine there's nothing wrong with that but you have to stay true to that process you have to allocate for the the missteps that are going to occur as you said with unc and with hubert davis and give this thing time to build because you know it's been a long long time and, and nc state's too big of a school quite frankly to go that long without winning conference championships
2: Yeah, I've always looked at, I mean, I'm a Carolina fan. Anybody that knows me knows that I'm a diehard uh, Tar Heel fan. But I've always looked at NC State as a sleeping giant. Like, people don't realize or younger people don't understand how much of a bully NC State was, you know, (laughs) when the ACC began and really for the first 25-plus years of its existence, it was NC State versus somebody else, typically it would be Carolina or someone or Maryland or whoever it might be. But it was State that was in that role that Carolina kind of, assumed as like the facto like one that's going to be there like every year and now it's carolina duke kind of going back and forth with that although duke has a different style in terms of how they build their teams carolina seems like the one that's been tried and true the past 30 years in terms of the method of how they build these teams and state been kind of bouncing back and forth between the two ideas you know do we get a bunch of five-star freshmen and try to keep them here for a little bit do we bring in those three and four star uh freshmen and and have them grow like the carolina method where they're going to be here three four years and you see them get better as they're here uh or a little bit of both uh or do they do the wake forest method now which is the the transfer portal load your team that way have a star and go that way so a lot of questions for nc state uh kevin keats i do agree probably is on the hot seat before i get you out of here though rob um question i've asked all the beat writers so far today on today's show uh rumors have it that gonzaga may be joining the big 12 soon if there was any school out there that you would ask to join the ACC for basketball, who would your dream school be? St. John's. Of, like, suspend reality a little bit. Don't worry about football and league. Yeah. And
0: no, I, I already know St. Okay. John's. Saint I want to go to Madison Square Garden. I grew up a Knicks Ooh. fan. I grew up Mets, Jets. I like New York City, Queens. I love that area. I'd go St. John's.
2: Wow, that's a, that I did not expect that. <laughs> yeah, and
0: they're they're, um, mar- they're kind of like state. They're a marquee program with a rich tradition, but there's yeah. a little bit of that. Underscore kind of underachieving. We feel like we should have more than what we, what we have, and so yeah, St. John's would be the one. You you telling a, me I can go to Madison Square Garden once every other year to cover? Yeah. A game? I'm down with that.
2: That's a that's a good one. Uh, Connor picked uh, Maryland uh, for the the previous rivalries yeah. and all that kind of yeah. stuff, and uh, RL picked Villanova. So uh, we'll. Nova we'll would speak. be good
0: too. Nova, Philly, yeah. but you got Pittsburgh. Yeah, but Nova would be good too. Yes, yeah. He's I, I'm curious 95. to see what
2: what Nova going to look like with no Jay right now going forward because they're about to go through the same thing that not to the same extent but the same thing Carolina just went through last year, the same thing Duke's about to go through this year. I'm mm-hmm. not so sold that John Shire is the greatest coach of all time or whatever. Like we still need to see him. Like you yeah, remember. he can recruit, he can recruit his butt off, but I need to see him in a situation without K visible <laughs> anywhere right. nearby just to see what they're going to do. And that Duke team, I think Jeremy Roach is the only returning player. They got like 11 new guys. So we'll see how they turn out, too. We got Steve Wiseman coming up here from the Durham Held Sun that will preview Duke in our ACC Big Four, uh, ACC Hoops preview show here today on The Rundown. You can catch Rob's work uh, with all Wolfpack, uh, SIS Fan Nation. Go to Twitter, follow him if you're a Wolfpack fan, or even if you're not, if you're a college basketball fan, definitely go over there and check him out at Rob McLamb on Twitter. Uh, Rob, appreciate having you on, bro, and uh, we'll definitely have you back on as ACC uh, season begins. I'm always looking for NC State beat writers, and it feels like – once a while they kind of just like hide when the team <laughs> isn't doing <laughs> nah. too well i can't find them anywhere to bring them on to talk about nah. the wolf pack so i'm adding you to the rolodex we're definitely going to have you on as one of our nc state beat writers going forward so i'll tell you this
0: i'll tell you this if you have a terry rozier and then nucleus jam on it intro like you did today <laughs> you'll have no problem getting me on there i was really i was really uh impressed by that and, I like uh, that. Okay, uh, <laughs> jam on it's one of the great rap songs of all time, one of the underrated rap songs of all time. So uh
2: yeah. you, want, you,
0: you, you got me, my friend. Keep me in the Rolodex. Hey. I'll be around.
2: Hey Rob, you you uh you just elevated up the panel status. We're gonna probably get you on one of these panels here soon too. I'm probably gonna do yep. an ACC big core panel soon, get all you guys together on one thing, and we can talk once we get closer to conference uh place. So I'm uh there. definitely that's my man, Rob McLamb. Uh Follow him on Twitter, at Rob McLamb. In a bit, when we come back from break, Steve Wiseman from the Durham-held Sun will be here. He'll preview Duke. We're in the ACC Big Four preview here on The Rundown, tobaccoroadsportsradio.com and WWBG, 1470 AM.
3: You're listening to The Rundown with Desmond Johnson. Beamer Tire and Auto Repair. Now with three locations across the triad in High Point, Greensboro, and our new location in Kernersville, Beamer Tire and Auto offers full-service auto repair. All tire brands, free alignment checks, oil changes, and more. In Kernersville, check out the no-appointment-needed Quick Lube Shop. Check out their thousands of five-star ratings via Google and Yelp. They care because they know that you can go anywhere. So, try a shop with a beating heart, not a bottom line. Beam Retire and Auto Repair. Visit us on Facebook or at beamretire.com.
2: Hey, Panther fans. Right now on the Sirius XM app, hear the most in depth Carolina Panthers coverage anywhere with Believe in Carolina Panthers, part of the Believe Podcast Network on Sirius XM. Hear from me, Desmond Johnson, and my co host, Skylar Callahan from Sports Illustrated, and Panther great Jonathan Stewart, as we break down the Panthers before and after every game through the NFL season. Your team, your podcast. Search B-L-E-A-V in Carolina Panthers on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you believe? Are you thinking about Medicare insurance coverage? Do you find navigating Medicare and all of its coverage options to be confusing? That's where Terry Edwards comes in with Secure Financial Partners, a local licensed agent who loves serving and educating the community. Terry's committed to providing you with personal service to help you better understand Medicare and your coverage options. Contact Terry Edwards at 336-993-6326 so he can help you decide on a plan with confidence. That number again, 336-993-6326. Secure Financial Partners.
3: Welcome to Twin City Press Catering. Locally owned and operated, Twin City Press Catering will professionally manage and organize your events efficiently. Twin City uses fresh ingredients from local vendors for all types of special and corporate events. Currently taking Thanksgiving catering orders, visit our sister company Twin City Mini's Facebook page for details. Or give us a call at 336-813-8002. Twin City Press Catering in Kernersville.
2: Blue Naples Pizzeria in Kernersville is now hiring. Come work for one of the best Italian restaurants in the triad. Currently hiring dishwashers, cooks, front cashiers, and more. Great hours, great pay. Give them a call at 336-993-7707 or stop by and inquire at 1519 Union Cross Road in Kernersville. Start working this week. Blue Naples Pizza.
3: One Stop Number 6, located just one mile west of East Forsyth at 2748 West Mountain Street, Kernersville. A proud supporter of East Forsyth since 1983, serving fresh fried chicken and our famous taters seven days a week from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. For a limited time, grab our wife's safer family meal for only $13.99. Eight pieces of chicken and sides for four for just thirteen ninety nine. One stop, come see us at two seven four eight West Mountain Street in Kernersville. Find your next car at Auto Store of North Carolina in Walkertown. Their goal is to make car shopping and car buying experience fast, friendly, and easy. They have helped hundreds of customers get behind the wheel of a newer, reliable, quality-used car, and they could help you, too. Stop by and speak with one of their sales professionals today and drive away with your new car. The Auto Store of North Carolina, 4964 Reedsville Road in Walkertown. Give them a call at 336-595-8550 and view the current inventory of vehicles com.
0: 870
2: a.m. Your home for Hornets basketball in the Triad. <coexistence> Wrapping up our ACC Big 4 college basketball preview here on the rundown. Uh, appreciate everybody joining us this morning. Desmond Johnson here with you every Saturday morning, 10 a.m. to 12 noon, although today it's a little bit different, a little bit of a shorter rundown. We'll be off at 1130 this morning. Um, North Carolina a pregame show will come on at 1130 live. Uh, Donald Ware and Al Swan will have you covered there. And then those guys, along with the handsome one, Billy Covington, will be doing uh, NC A&T footballs. They take on Norfolk State, looking for their fifth win in a row uh, this season, that game kicks off at 1 p.m. here on TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com, so definitely stick around. We got you covered all day today. Uh, you just heard Lamello Ball, uh, the debut of the Charlotte Hornets on Tobacco Road Sports, well, really on WWVG 1470 AM, powered by Tobacco Road Sports Radio. You can catch them later on tonight, 7 p.m., live here in the Triad, the return of the Hornets in the Triad, uh, taking on the Brooklyn Nets as I bring in Uh, Durham-held son Steve Wiseman uh, to talk a little Duke hoops. uh, Give us a preview. This is a brand-new roster. There's only one guy coming back from last year, and that's Jeremy Roach. But before we get into those questions about this Duke team, uh, I want to take the opportunity, while I had you here, uh, the story that's been dominating sports all week is the the curious case of Kyrie Irving and the Brooklyn Nets. And this has kind of gone from – Kyrie just naively t- tweeting something and not understanding exactly what he's tweeting to him doubling down and making it almost worse. If, if you haven't been paying attention to this story here, uh, Kyrie Irving t- sent out a, a link to a movie that had a lot of anti-Semitic tropes in it. Uh, he did not back away from that. He basically just described it as, you know, I didn't make the movie. Why are you mad at me? That kind of thing. He doubled down on it over the week and... Um, Got into an argument with a reporter. I'm sure some of you guys have seen that already uh, on uh, social media uh, during a media uh, appearance. And then yesterday started speaking to the media finally after being held out by the Nets for a while and kind of still didn't really apologize fully. Then we find out that the Nets and Kyrie are both donating, uh, I think it was $500,000 apiece uh, to the Anti-Defamation League, if I'm not mistaken, um, because of this but Kyrie still hadn't really apologized. And I just saw on Twitter where I think the, the head of the uh, of the anti-defamation league is basically saying, we can't accept his money because it's not genuine. uh, He put out an apology on Instagram, I think late last night. Uh, He's still not exactly understanding what he's done. And the Brooklyn Nets have basically indefinitely suspended him. He's uh, at least five games. I noticed they had the, at least there on it, but listen to Stephen A on first take, on Friday morning it sounds like the Nets might be done with Kyrie completely um what are your thoughts on this Steve because you followed this not just this year but you followed Kyrie through his career at Duke through his career through the NBA uh you know he had the one year at Duke as a freshman back in 2011. he does identify as a a quote unquote Dukey. um what are your thoughts on this with Kyrie and what do you think uh what's the end game here for him is do you think his career is over because this dude has basically cost himself like 300 million dollars in income over the next couple of years just from just dumb stuff like this um what are your thoughts here I'm gonna give you the floor
1: totally self-inflicted first of all um yeah. yeah i covered 10 of his 11 games at duke so i did miss one so <laughs>
2: so you, yeah it so was thing. a
1: football <laughs> for one. but uh anyway yeah um he's done all this to himself and uh, one the the chain the timeline of the chronology of events this week has been very weird because like you know he's had a couple of opportunities to to clarify himself and he's always known as somebody who you know the flat earth stuff and you know he, he's always been one that kind of you know what tried to think differently tried to be uh, you know just contrarian more than anything else I guess he yeah. just takes takes pride in that which is fine until you start talking about things like. Anti-Semitism and the Holocaust, and you know, retweeting films that you know quote Hitler prominently. Right? These are things that we've all, I think, as a society, agreed are not good. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, There's a right for people to say them. I mean, there is free speech, but you know, there's also backlash that comes with that when you side on those type of things. And um, he, uh, you know, every time he has a press conference, he digs himself deeper. And you know, that's the thing about NBA. Those players have to have press availabilities. They can't hide, which is good. It's part of the, you know, it's the CBA and everything. They have to have these regular press agreements and, or meetings and and all that. So he's he's done himself a disservice both times on those fronts. And so Wednesday night is when they they announced the, the um the donations to the Anti Defamation League. That was while Duke was playing their exhibition with Fayetteville State actually. And I knew I was going to talk to John Shire after the game about I knew his press conference. Uh, he was trying to get a hold of Kyrie. They, he wanted to talk to Kyrie before he called him out. I mean, Shire is a Jewish coach. We I mean, first of all, I mean, yeah. uh, and all that. Now the head of Duke basketball. Two things there. Um, he uh, he didn't coach Kyrie, and he was never Kyrie's teammate. So it's a little bit different than if Coach K has a little more standing to to scold him. But anyway, um, that made that a little difficult. So um, well, during that game is when they announced, you know, Kyrie the, the donations. I mean. A million dollars between the two of them is, is not you know small it's not insignificant and um he released a statement where it sounded like he was starting to make amends like he realized i've screwed up here we're going to do this right and then and and then the next morning is when he had the press conference uh and that's when he stepped in it again and 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 messed it all up and that's where you know adam silver immediately put out a comment um again he was also yeah, jewish and, but, a duke and, and a duke graduate, not yeah. not. Kyrie's not a graduate but anyway i do well, you yeah, know yeah. A Duke, <laughs> yeah. A right yeah um and 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 just hammer him which is what needed to be you know done i think everybody agrees and we knew something bad was coming and then and then and then Kyrie has the press conference and then the anti-defamation league says we're not taking your money yeah. we thought we thought there was a chance here to get something right to do something good out of something bad and you're clearly not worthy of being part of this solution yet uh so then i guess last night again we're doing this on a Thursday night, he um, put out the Instagram statement where he finally did say, I don't believe in anti, anti-semitism, anti-Semitism is bad. He said all those things and tried. He, it's the first time he came. He finally got to the point where he said what I did was wrong and, and I shouldn't have done that, which he's had numerous opportunities to do that before. So all that is just, you know, a mess. And and now it looks like his next career might be over. I mean, I think I don't think they want anything to do with them. Now they're you know they're, the nets have their own issues now they're the coach they're bringing in i mean whatever oh whoever God, wants to work in PR.
2: <laughs> their week has been just all over the place
1: <laughs> but Kyrie's always been you know how many times have we said like uh talent trump's you know stupidity yeah but eventually he's going to run out of steam here right i mean people don't want to be around him and then i saw you know more uh you know twitter stuff kevin durant was kind of defending him like we should move on from this. Uh, you know, we want to play we just want to play basketball. He hoop. shut up and dribbled himself, you know. Like, yeah. don't do that.
2: <laughs> yeah. And Durant Durant's like that. He's just like, you know, I just want to hoop. I don't, I don't, you know, people were coming down on him, like, oh, you went to the wrong place, blah blah blah. What's up with this? Night. I just want to play ball. I, I play ball every day. That's that's really his answer for everything. Uh the nets are a horrible mess. Uh, we're gonna swing them back over to NBA stuff next week and uh, we'll see what's happened between now and then uh, with the Nets. Who knows? Maybe they cut Kyrie between now and then. Yeah. Uh, I bet they're probably wishing they went ahead and traded him off to the Lakers or whoever in the off season, And it would have been their problem instead of uh, what Brooklyn's dealing with right now. Let's, let's talk about the current Duke basketball team. Uh, we're in the middle of the ACC Big Four uh, college basketball preview. Uh, Duke tipping off. This uh Monday too. Who do they have Monday? I don't have them directly in front of me here. They uh, have the
1: Jacksonville Dolphins.
2: Jacksonville Dalt. Wow, the Dolphins. <laughs> the Jacksonville Dolphins will be taking on the Blue Devils. I assume that game will be at home because uh, Duke rarely leaves the friendly confines of Cameron uh Indoor Stadium in November. It is at home. It's a 7 p.m. tip-off Monday on ACC Network. uh Steve, give me besides besides Ben Caro, biggest loss of the roster in your mind from last year
1: wendell moore because of his experience uh, because you've got you know that's that the first thing that came to mind was his experience and his his ability his his um swiss army knife ability to do you know all kind of things on the court and you know now you have jeremy roach is the you know the captain because he's the only guy who's actually played in many games uh jalen blakes is back but he didn't hardly play at all last year as a sophomore so you you, you don't have anybody you know, who's who's been in in the duke uniform playing you know on the road in the acc and the ncaa tournament wearing duke i know jacob grandison came in from illinois he's played against top level competition ryan young transferred in from northwestern same thing but you know there's something unique about playing for duke right it's, it's different than playing for illinois or northwestern or whatever uh it, it, so that's one thing wendell moore brought to last year's team helped them get through some tough spots um and you know they they made the final four so he that that's something the other guy would be mark williams not having that big you know big rim protector in the in to to back up the defense but i think more what he brought kind of supersedes as great as mark williams was on defense last year
2: i think i saw that uh the hornets are signing mark williams to the swarm uh for a little bit which is probably good get him a little run 19 still yeah yeah so do the same thing they did with Jones last year and you know get him some reps back and forth up and down the court but i do feel he won't be stuck in greensboro they'll be bringing him back and forth uh to charlotte this year and i'm curious to see how he plays uh in the hornets offense especially when Lamelo gets back um what do you think should excite the duke fan base the most this season
1: well the um you know the amount of of nba level talent they're going to have on the team uh with I say that knowing that Lively and Whitehead are hurt, <laughs> the two guys <laughs> that are that we know are going to be one and done players. I mean, I think it's pretty clear they're going to be the one and dones for sure. Other guys have a chance to be, but uh, who knows? Uh, Tyrus Proctor maybe will be, but but no, uh, you know, uh, Derek Whitehead, the six six kind of a wing, uh, is not going to play probably in the first two weeks. He's still recovering from the broken foot uh, he suffered in, in the summer. Uh, lively is the number one incoming recruit, number one player in the country, uh, seven, one, he could be that rim protector that they're lacking, uh, with, you know, losing Mark Williams. There's still a chance he'll play Monday night. I think he's obviously he's a lot closer. He has a strained calf far different than a fractured foot. And, uh, so, but anyway, that, that's what I, I would like about, you know, if I was a Duke fan, those two guys, and then, uh, you know, Tyrese Proctor, i mentioned him briefly comes in from Australia. Uh he reclassified early. So a lot of times it's hard to know what to expect from those those players, but he has so much international experience. He played on the Australian national team in the FIBA Asia Cup over the summer. Uh they won that tournament, so they they're gonna be they qualified for the for the World Cup next year. Uh he played very well, he averaged double figures while playing for them. He's just a very smooth 6'5, 6'6 point guard. He's got to show he can make open shots on the regular, uh, but he gets everybody involved in the offense so him and 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 Roach in the backcourt you know that's that should get your offense going pretty well uh, we'll see how they defend but you know i like i would like those two guys to be to be having the ball quite a bit
2: a huge year for john shire uh stepping into the huge uh shoes of mike sshevsky who uh finally stepped down after 40 plus years of coaching uh last year um we don't really know what to expect we've seen john coach spot here and there like if k had a back issue or he was sick or, or something to that effect but we've never seen him just have the reins for the whole year my understanding k won't even be visible in cameron uh while, while they're playing these games he doesn't want to be a distraction which i think is a good thing um what are your expectations for shire going into this season he's got a loaded team as duke typically does but it's also might be one of the it might be the youngest team in all of college basketball uh only one returning star or, or one returning player, at Jeremy Roach. The rest are transfer freshmen. Uh, it's a it's a I don't know if it's a team that I would want to have as a first year head coach uh, with the expectations of where he is at Duke. Uh, what are your thoughts here? Uh, what do you think the ceiling is for this Duke team with John Shire uh, as a first year head coach? Plus, adding in the success that the guy eight miles down the road had in his first year last year uh, against your mentor, uh, like who? What do you think's gonna what are your expectations for Shire in this first year as head coach?
1: Yeah, uh well, first of all, I, I want to watch again when you mentioned earlier in, in this about how he manages a game. We really don't know how he's gonna manage a roster, uh, player rotations. Is he gonna is he a guy that wants to play 10 guys on the regular? Does he want to be like his mentor and only get down to seven or eight that he really trusts? uh I, that's one thing we don't know because you know he did he has two and a half games under his belt uh where he filled in for k like you mentioned when he was sick but even john uh and talking to him uh leading up to this first game he said even in those situations i was on the phone with coach k like as i was walking out to coach the game like he was getting notes at the last minute you know he was home sick or whatever so it really it was john but it wasn't really john right it was uh, it was he was running coach k's team that's why those results go on coach k's record right. and so uh, that that's what we don't know. That's the unknown. And I, I I'm really looking forward to following that. I'm going to watch it. It's things that you watch a little closer. Like when I was watching the exhibition with Fayetteville state the other night, you know, I paid really close attention to how they what kind of defense they were playing. Cause John may not want to do man to man predominantly he is right now, but maybe he'll be one that says we need to do more zone and we need to do more four court press stuff that, you know, coach K dabbled in here at the end, but, but you know, it wasn't his it wasn't his main thing well this is a whole different organization now john's running this it's what john wants to do not what coach k wants to do so those are the things i'm going to be looking for you're right that this is an incredibly young team uh you know by by duke's design that's what they that's what they want so that's that's what they you can't make an excuse when that's how you design what your team is so um we'll see you know how that goes forward he's gonna have to deal with know this injury situation with two of his top freshmen so he's got to use you know some uh, ryan young starting at center and uh mark mitchell the freshman is starting at at the four now with those two other two guys out so you're going to start with that then you're going to have to adjust when those guys come back again these are all things john's never dealt with before as a head coach so we'll we'll just have to watch how it goes and they're going to have they're going to have some nights when they don't play well Uh, as a young team on the road in the acc it's going to happen but his whole thing is can they get better by March. That's what they have to be. They're number seven in the country. They have the talent to go to the final four every year. That's, that's yeah. who they are when they bring these top recruiting classes. When you got guys who are going to be the NBA the following year, you should be able to make a run of the final four, but we'll see how, how that all how he handles it, how he handles when they have losses on the road. Is he going to be one that's going to be in their face like coach K always was, or is he going to handle it differently? Is he going to be more of a gentle, you know, he's competitive, but we'll go back a little differently. Again, all things we don't know, but it's just going to be fascinating to watch
2: it's a probably one of the biggest storylines in college but all of college basketball not just the acc it'll be all eyes on shire um as i think back on it um whenever a legend retires from a place whether it's bobby knight or dean smith or now coach k usually the guy that's right after him they don't fare very well now they weren't set up the same way shire was in the situation uh basically being groomed the same way hubert was you know down the road with roy Mm -hmm. um and maybe that same type of thing happens here in durham um, real quick, uh, follow Steve on Twitter at Steve Wiseman NC for the latest on Duke. He actually covers all uh, ACC for the Durham Held Sun, but primarily Duke. So uh, definitely check him out if you're a Blue Double fan. Uh, real quick here, Steve, before I get you out of here, a question I posed to the other three beat writers uh, that were covering this for us today um, Gonzaga may be joining the Big 12 soon, is the rumor that's going around out there. If there was any school out there that you would, a- that, that you would ask to join the ACC for basketball, what would your dream school be and you have to suspend reality a little bit don't worry about football and uh you know someone being in a certain conference all that stuff if, if you could just pick a school to join the acc for basketball purposes who would it be
1: kansas i've always thought kansas
2: i've leaned that way myself i've always so we're not worried about football. geography right we're not yeah. worried
1: about any other in football and all that right
2: <laughs> <laughs> or um
1: or uh we're not worrying about tv markets
2: (laughs) yeah right yeah exactly that would that would be good uh let's see connor o'neill picked maryland um which i thought was interesting uh rl bynum picked villanova um and then uh rob mclam picked uh st john's uh so that he could go to Madison Square Garden once every two years uh, and, and uh <laughs> enjoy it up there which I thought all of those were interesting there and you picked Kansas which is where I was kind of heading towards it if you want to build like a college bat like the greatest college basketball conference of all time if you stick Kansas in the ACC with Carolina and Duke and Virginia and uh yeah. all the history and tradition and championships yeah. Syracuse with all the coaches that are still there that have won or the schools that have won uh, AC was in a down year last year, put two teams in the final four. So go figure. Yeah. Um. <laughs> 13
1: in the elite eight. Oh, yeah. Three teams elite in the
2: elite eight. eight so, um, uh, yeah, man, uh, real quick before we out here though, uh, who was your pick to win the ACC?
1: It's easy. Carolina. I mean, you, you have to pick Carolina. I mean, they, they have everybody back, uh, except for Manic and they brought in Pete Nance and, uh, they played so well at the end of last year. Hubert really seems like he's got, he's, he's figured out the secret sauce pretty quickly. And, uh, It would be if they don't win the ACC. It would be you know a a shock. I mean, Virginia's got a lot of people back too, and they're going to be back in the NCAA tournament this year. But uh, I mean, the odds-on favorite. You know, I hate to be a chalk sniffer, but hey, that's the way it goes. When it's the pick, it's the pick, and it's Carolina. There's no no doubt about it.
2: Hey, I'm a Carolina fan, so I'm good with it. We'll we'll roll (laughs) with that. Um, (laughs) So uh, follow Steve on Twitter at Steve Wiseman NC. I told Rob that we're going to put together some kind of ACC uh, panel with you guys uh that we can kind of put in every couple of weeks just to kind of give us the lowdown on what's going on in the acc and you guys can actually sit there and chop it up and talk uh, about your respective teams you're following and everything and i'll just drive the car and listen and learn uh while everything's going on so I'll definitely have you back here soon follow steve on twitter uh at steve Wiseman nc appreciate having you on brother
1: yeah i look forward to joining that panel desmond thank you
2: yeah definitely we'll definitely do that here real soon once probably once we get maybe close to the top of December maybe we'll do something to that effect uh but okay. I'll have you on especially with football going on too as well and I know you're covering everything so uh we'll definitely have you back on here shortly meanwhile stick around Joe Serrera from the Greensboro News and Record and Wednesday Salem Journal will be on with us in a bit Let, yesterday was the first night first round in the state NC uh high school athletic Association 2022 state football championships will give you the lowdown on what happened last night and what to expect next week in the second round. Got some gems that are uh, going to be played next week. Joe will join me here in just a bit. You're listening to The Rundown, WWBG, 1470 AM and TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com.
3: You're listening to The Rundown with Desmond Johnson.
2: For the best burger sliders in the triad, look no further than Twin
3: City.